This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 18, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New for this year, 2017 opening day rosters, historic Negro League integration, run the ultimate what-if scenarios, tournaments, fall leagues, a redesigned injury system, an improved 3D game, real-time presentation, and game highlights, improved player morale, and team chemistry, and so much more. Out of the Park Baseball 18 has the full sleeper in the bus stamp of approval. We all play it and have for years. Even better, if you buy now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to ootpdevelopments.com, click on the order banner, and just enter the code SLEEPER18 at checkout to not only get a discount, but also help support the Sleeper in the Bus, indie sports video game development, and all the people who work to bring you the great game of Out of the Park Baseball 18. Once again, just go to ootpdevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER18 at checkout for a special discount and to support our show. Guys, I, I'm obsessed with this game. It is so much fun. Um, I played a lot of OOTP17. You guys have heard me talk about my Twitch streams, twitch.tv slash pspore24. I was streaming my 17 franchise over there. I, I, I did a fantasy draft in 1995. I was able to get Ken Griffey Jr., and Pedro Martinez. I don't know what the computer was thinking there, uh, letting letting both of those guys get there. I took Pedro with my first pick, and then and then got Ken Griffey Jr. I haven't started my new eighteen one for um, for streams yet, but I'm going to. And I'm actually just gonna gonna start over. I, I I won the World Series that first year with the with the seventeen team, but I'm gonna start a new one. We'll do the draft at some point soon, so stay tuned for that. But out of the park is is just so much fun. You've heard me talk about. Uh, other baseball video games I like, they're, they're two different experiences. This is the sim, in-depth, management sort of deal, and then the other game is, is playing. So um, I absolutely love this game. One last time, ootpdevelopments.com. Sleeper18 is, is your discount code. Uh, that lets them know that we, that we sent you there, and they give you a little bit of uh, a little bit off the top as well. If you do play the game, let me know. Let me know what you're doing with it. Let me know what, uh, what team you're going with, whether you're starting historically or going from now. Uh, if you do the fantasy draft, hit me up on Twitter, at Spora. I love kind of seeing how people go because it, it doesn't just play out 100% to, to history. Things can change and you can have guys you know you can have a failed prospect that actually pans out for you so i I love seeing that stuff definitely hit me up there um and 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 thanks for supporting the show by by going to ootpdevelopments.com Welcome to episode 457 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Saturday, May 13th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Jason Collette. Jason, how's it going? It's going. I was worried I wasn't going to be able to make it here. We're doing uh, uh, Mother's Day with my mom tonight because uh, my wife's one ask was to to have just family dinner tomorrow night. So I was uh, covering both bases and... uh, Service it on the border was a bit slow tonight. Uh, our guy was good, but uh, we uh, two hours for on the border is just not what I expected. I like on the border, but two hours, man, that's that's a that's a big ask on the border. That is a big freaking ask. Indeed. Anyway, 
Uh, we got some baseball to talk about. We got a lot of free agents to talk about. Uh, we can talk about some players that, you know, you might be able to cut for. I didn't make a, a specific cut list, but, uh, I think there was some, some big demotion that we can talk about in terms of replacing somebody. So let's dive into it with our normal two start breakdown. We've got the, uh, we got the shallow, which are available in mostly, you know, ESPN, Yahoo, shallow leagues, 12 team kind of maxed out. Anything deeper than that, you're probably not going to have these guys available. Then you jump down a level and it's just kind of hit and miss depending on what league you're in. It could be available in any league format necessarily, but still on plenty of rosters. And then you got your super deep, which are going to be available in many, 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 many areas. You can have an expectation of availability with a lot of these guys. So let's start at the top as we always do. The shallow, they only got five guys this week, so I'm only having you pick one. We usually do a pick two. Uh, having you pick one. Derek Holland at the Angels at the Mariners, Sean Manaya at the Mariners, home to Boston, Zach Wheeler at Arizona, home to the Angels, Jared Eikhoff, two-step on the road at Texas at Pittsburgh, Chase Anderson at San Diego at the Cubs, and you've got some information here about Blake Snell being demoted. Who do you like your, as your favorite here, and are they somebody that you would, uh, you know, cut Blake Snell for in a shallower league in order to pick up whoever whoever your top choice is. Um, yeah, I mean, none, none of them really jump out. I know when we talked last week, it was like, hey, this guy's so much better. We had some like clear cut choices. Yeah, some uh, some weeks we do, right? Yeah. You know, sometimes there's great offense. It, it, one thing about doing this episode the way we do it now is the dynamics of the uh, of the free agent wire are really really interesting to me. They are I mean, of how they kind of ebb and flow week to week. Right now, I feel like I want to ride the ride the uh, ride the uh, Derek Holland train until that train derails. I mean, it looks like another example of uh, of Don Cooper being the magic man and getting good results out of out of a guy that everybody kind of written off for dead. And I mean, those understand those matchups feel the safest. I mean, at L.A. at Seattle, um, not ideal. But it doesn't really have the grind. So if we look at Manaya at Seattle and then Boston, and you know, we know how Boston can work counts. Then you've got Wheeler at Arizona, not ideal. Um, nope. And then I mean, the other the other part of this here is across the country for one start, and then coming back the other way for the other one. Then you've got Ikoff at Texas, at Pittsburgh. I mean, he may be the he may have the other decent matchups. Chase Anderson mm-hmm. at San Diego, yay. At Chicago, not so much. Yeah, Eikhoff and Manaya, you're not going to have a ton of availability. Uh, they're both over 70% at CBS, 77 for Manaya, 74 for Eikhoff. Then 56% Yahoo for Manaya, 62% uh, Eikhoff. But then 33 and 30% respectively at ESPN. So that's where you're really focused with those two. They probably are the two best options in terms of pure talent. But as you mentioned, those, uh, the, the, the setups that they have aren't going to be necessarily great this week for Manaya or Eikhoff. So I totally understand, you know, the trepidation with those guys going into this week. And Manaya, I think he had his like worst start of his career, which, uh, I guess only spans back to last year. So his worst start last year was against the, the Red Sox yes. and they decimated him. And you talk about how they're a team that's going to wait on counts and they're going to work, work a guy to death. Two and two thirds, ten hits, eight runs in Boston back on May tenth. So it's almost the year anniversary, or it's just past the year anniversary of that. 
uh, disastrous start from Anaya, and he's just coming off the DL. So I'm kind of with you. Even though I like him the most long-term, I have a hard time picking him this week in a one-off scenario. Derek Holland has been kind of interesting. I think we've talked about him before, and I, I believe we, we sloughed him off, and we're kind of like, whatever. Uh, I think that that was I felt like that was the right reaction at the time. And then uh, look now, fast forward a few weeks, and, and no, it's not. He's been pitching really well over 40 and two-thirds innings. His strikeout rate's back up. His walk rate's a little bit higher, too, Derek Collins is. But his uh, first pitch strike rate's actually up on a four-year high. So, you know, maybe the maybe the walk rate can come down a tick or two, back down to the seven-and-a-half where, uh, where his career mark is. He's at 9.3 right now. Not a great swinging strike rate, but you're not looking for a big – Strikeout rate. You're not. You're not going to get it. What I should say. I mean, you might be looking for it, but you're not going to get it. At the Angels at Seattle, he'll be on the West Coast for both. I think Holland is the pick here. I was going to say Chase the Anderson. Same, I was going to say the same thing uh, with you. I like Manaya best long term. So if you're making mm-hmm. a pickup with everything else, I mean, I, just, I believe you talked about him as one of your eight on on, on the solo pod. That was a great guest you had in the last podcast, by the way. Just superb. <laughs> I. Thank you, but I, I kind of hate that guy. Yeah. Like, I, I appreciate that, but working with that guy, you don't want to do it. You don't want to uh, do I believe it. But you, I believe you did mention. I mean, I, I was. I'm going to say both. I, I, I like Manaya long term the best. But if this is a move you're making, I think we've mentioned the last few weeks dumping one two start guy to pick up the next one. I keep doing this in NFBC, where you know two weeks ago I picked up Wade Miley, then I picked or. Uh, Trevor Cahill, and uh, now mm-hmm. I'm looking at a different guy to come in, and I've been streaming one of my starters, keep flipping him out for another two-start guy, and so like in, in that in that kind of example, it's Derek Collin for me. But if I'm in a in a, in a full season league, that I, I'm I'm looking at more than that, I need a a, a longer-term solution. I'd want Manaya. Yep. I, I think we're in agreement there. Uh, you know, Chase Anderson. I don't want to completely gloss him over. He's still pitching well. Uh, we're still seeing some pretty good things out of him, so I, I, I think you can take a look. If you can afford the risk of, of the at the Cubs, um, you know you can go you could go with him too because that San Diego certainly helps. I think he might even fit more in that long term as well. He's been pitching really well. For that, it would be Manaya, Ikoff, Anderson. I've actually got Holland probably down at four long term. I just I just don't know what to make of him. And then Wheeler for me, I understand that he's probably the best prospect of the entire group at one point, but we're well beyond the prospect days for these guys. And there's been some good things. Uh you know, he's only got a four eighteen ERA. I don't want to make it sound like Wheeler's been terrible, especially when Eikhoff and, and Manaya are are much higher on the ERA front. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe we're underselling him a little bit by not giving him much love. It's the at Arizona that really bothers me for a two-start situation. Again, you step back and you're saying I'm looking for more long-term solutions. I do think that that brings Wheeler into focus a little bit more. Uh, let's move on to the to the deep level, the, the next step. Um, and we're looking at just four guys here. So we'll pick just one favorite. Dan Straley, Kyle Freeland, Yunjin Ryu, CeCe Sabathia. Oh, wait. Sorry, I didn't even say who they're playing. Dan Straley, Houston at the Dodgers. Kyle Freeland at Minnesota at Cincinnati, both away from home. That's nice uh, for the Rocky. Hyunjin Ryu at San Francisco, home to Miami. And CeCe Sabathia at KC at Tampa Bay. And and this is just the opposite. All of these, I'll save the Straley one, Freeland, Ryu, and Sabathia all have really nice matchups. Mm-hmm. All of them. I mean, Straley with Houston, that offense uh, – 
you don't want to play with it right now. It's it's doing really no. well, really well. Uh, as this and then you team. go to the Dodgers. You go, yeah, Oof. then you go you go to the Dodgers. But Freeland two starts on the road. Um, since the offense is better than the Twins' offense, I mean, obviously the Twins got the one big monster. Uh, but it, uh, Cincinnati's a little more well balanced for you at San Francisco and my and then uh, home to Miami. Uh, couldn't ask for two better ones unless you're Sabathia who gets to face one of the worst offenses in baseball in Kansas City and then gets to face Tampa Bay, uh, who he has repeatedly pitched well against, even did so his last time out. Uh, and oddly enough, you know, they faced Sale today and struck out a ton in the lineup. I, I've mentioned it time and time again how bad they are against lefties. Uh, but then Logan Morrison and Kevin Kiermaier both took Chris Sale. Is that crazy? Today. And Isn't that crazy? Lost. Yeah, uh, especially yeah. the Kiermaier one. Two that one I never saw it. I mean, Kiermaier has been just horrendous. Uh, and, yeah, the two lefty home runs. So it was quite a, quite a can't-predict baseball moment. Um, I have a really tough time. I have a tough time deciding between those three guys uh, because there's really no clear-cut favorite for me, personally. Straylis I'm with I'm rolling out, but I could take any one of those three guys and put him in as I one, think... two, three as my free agent bids. If they're all three available, I make them a contingency bid and take any one of those three. Would you rank some of these guys ahead of the previous group because of their matchups? I could take again short term play. I could take any short. One yeah, of let's, we're talking short term. We're talking for streamers only right now. We'll get back to the with the long term. I think that first group of guys are the best guys to pick from. Yeah, yeah. I think it's any one of them ahead of Manaya. Um, Honestly, any one of them. It just those are really, really nice matchups. They really are. Well, any one of Freeland, Ryu, Sebastian, not Straley. Um, Straley is actually pitching probably the best of the group from like a, a rates ERA combination in terms of getting strikeouts and solid ERA and, and, and all of that, not having the risk of course field, but those disastrous matchups. I kind of like what Freeland can maybe do. Two on the road, he's not been a huge strikeout guy, but if you're just looking for quality innings and the strikeouts aren't as big of a deal, you can look there. Um, I do like Ryu, you know, moderately healthy right now. I mean, he's pitching, so he has he has some health. And at San Francisco, home to Miami, that's really nice. So I think I would prioritize Ryu, Freeland, Sabathia. Man, that was at KC at Tampa Bay. That's so good. You're right. I see why you're struggling because it's it's hard to rank these three. I think you got to kind of go personal preference here. Aren't all three of them lefties as well? Yeah, we got three lefties here that we can't really decide on. All right, let me let me commit to something here. I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to say Ryu, Freeland, Sabathia, and and the reason I prioritize Ryu is because he he is the only one with at least one home start, and you like to you still like to get guys pitching at home when you can. Uh, actually, except for Freeland, I guess, because he pitches at Coors Field. So, yeah, that, that's the order I'm going to go. Ryu, Freeland, Sabathia. What about you in terms of your exact order? I'm going to go in reverse order. Sabathia, Ryu, and Freeland. Okay. Well, you guys have two opinions. Wh- whoever like you like a, better. One B, one C. I mean, seriously, guys. That's the, that's the thing, you though. You like, be able to go wrong with any of these guys. If here. you have a different grouping there, you know, you're moving – you're moving, you're moving – Freeland up to the top for whatever. It, I, I am with you. I don't think you really go wrong here. There's risk. There's some upside. There's good matchups. Take your pick. All right, let's move over to the super deep. This is a much bigger group, so we're going to have you pick a couple of your favorites. Um, man, here we go. Here we go. This is a huge group. Joe Musgrove at Miami, home to Cleveland. Matthew Boyd, home twice to Baltimore and Texas. Jason Hamill, 
home to the Yankees at Minnesota. Matt Cain, home to the Dodgers at the Cardinals. Jaime Garcia at Toronto, home to Washington. You can just take him off the list right away. Toronto's heating up, and Washington is a total non-starter for me. Yep. Uh, Luis Perdomo, home twice to Milwaukee and Arizona. Zach Godley, home to the Mets at San Diego. Phil Hughes, Colorado and the Royals both at home. Clayton Richard, the same Milwaukee-Arizona home combo that Perdomo has. Jesse Chavez, home to the White Sox at the Mets. Jimmy Nelson, uh, at San Diego at the Cubs, the same that Chase Anderson has. And Chad Cool, one of our recent recommendations that did not go well, uh, <laughs> home to the Washington and Phillies. And thankfully, we can just eliminate him again because Washington's included. So I do think we got those two. I, I'll speak for you here. I think Garcia and Cool out of the window now. You can pick two from the from the rest of that group. Yeah, I would. Uh, getting looking at the matchups, I think Phil Hughes has the best. Uh, Colorado uh, and Minnesota road. and Can- yeah. both starts. Colorado and Kansas City both at home. So you got a, a neutered Rockies offense and then the bad Royals offense there. Uh, and and for whatever reason, the Twins have really taken it out on the uh, on the Royals this year. I guess a lot of payback. So good for them. And exactly. So that's my number one here. Uh, in fact, he's going into my uh, into my Tout Wars lineup this week to replace Bla- uh, Balake Snell. Uh, Balake. So I have Balake and Jose De Leon now on my farm. Uh, but I, that's Phil Hughes is going. Actually, Phil Hughes is already in. I had I had. Uh, Jesse Hahn was the guy that I sat this week because of matchups, and he ended up with a pretty decent no decision, but then I'm just waiting for the trade confirmation because I think I have flipped uh, Danny Valencia and Jesse Hahn for Aaron Sanchez and, and uh, Brock Holt in uh, ALT like too. Brock Holt. So, Brock Holt. Uh, but hopefully going for Sanchez is upset. I need the strikeouts. Uh, that's going to give me uh, the Stroman and Sanchez on, on the staff. So we'll see how that plays out. So Hughes, Hughes number one for me. I, if I'm, you know, from a skills perspective, I think you got to look at Godley. I mean, he's getting, it's only been two starts, but he's getting this, he's getting the strikeouts and really misses the most number of a bats. The rest of the guys yes. throwing, throwing first pitch strikes, getting the swinging strikes. And, and those are probably I like the, decent matchups for him. Yeah. I like the matchup <laughs> set there. So I'm actually going to prioritize Godley here. I know he has the smallest sample, as you mentioned, but Zach Godley has a 27% strikeout rate, a 14% swinging strike rate to support it. Uh, he's been great over a couple of starts so far, 12 innings. Uh, I don't know if there's a relief. Is it is it just two six-inning starts, or is there a relief I'm appearance in there? seeing 45 batters faced in 12 innings. Yeah. And, but I'm also I mean, seeing 27% strikeout rate. And, you know, it's just, high, fist, high first pitch, high swinging strike, high strikeout rate. Seven I innings, really one run. Seen him pitch it. Seven innings, one run, six punch-outs against, against the Tigers. Um, back on Wednesday, the, the game in that series that I missed, so I don't have I don't have anything on on Godley myself for this year. And then uh, five innings, two runs, six strikeouts against the Padres, who he gets again. So I like Godley. I'm a Perdomo fan. I think that uh, Perdomo's a little bit hidden out there in in San Diego. I think he does have some upside to, uh, to him. You know, By the nothing. way, did you miss did you miss the Wednesday's game? Was that the night that you got together with Eno as he tried to kill himself with wings? Oh yeah, that's right. I was busy. I didn't go to his event, but he did try to kill himself. And then we twitched when when he got home. We were on Twitch. Uh, we were we were, doing, we were streaming. That's why I missed that game. That's right. <laughs> uh, he said he was literally crying. My toilet's still feeling the after effects of that. My toilet's still flushing a little bit awkwardly. Eno, I'll have you know. That I'm, I'm, I'm worried about like an eruption. 
Like something's happening underneath, and then the next time I go to flush it, kaboom. So uh, there, there are grave concerns over here at Spore Manor. But, uh, <laughs> no, it was great hanging out with Eno. I'm glad he got to come over um, and be on stream. He seemed to enjoy being on the Twitch stream. We had a blast with that. Uh, he, he had... You know, he was coming back from a beer event, so you fill in the blanks on, on what that might have led to. A lot of great stories that he told, so that was great. He did not end up killing himself with wings, he just tried to. Um, but anyway, moving away from Eno, back over to the pitchers. I like Godley, Perdomo. I hear you on Hughes. Again, if you don't need the strikeouts, if the strikeouts aren't as crucial, I can understand jumping on that matchup set. Two at home. Colorado back to their crappy ways on the road. They always start off a little hot on the road. And I was like, well, maybe this is the year. Yeah, maybe they haven't played in Coors long enough to get the Coors hangover. And that's why they perform well for the first couple of weeks on the road. So I'm with you there. And then, yeah. um. It'd be like the whole arrested development narrator. This isn't the year. Yeah. Um, and by the way, they just signed on for another season of arrested development. So if you're a I big heard. fan like me, I'm super psyched. Unpopular I, 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 opinion. I, I, I blew myself this morning. I. <laughs> I've got an unpopular opinion. Let it die. Last season wasn't that great. So I'm not as psyched. That said, I will probably still watch. Yeah, last but, season was, was, was a little bit of a let, but when, when it's been so long, it, it, what was it, like eight years in between episodes? Yeah, it was quite a while. Yeah. It was quite a while. So listen, like I said, I'm still, I'm still going to watch, but I'm going in thinking, Oh boy, here we, look, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping. And if I get proven wrong, I'll take my L gladly because that's a show that I've loved, you know, pretty much since it came out and, and, and definitely am glad to have back in my life. So anyway, review there that we, we like, uh, Hughes, Perdomo, Godley. And uh, that's kind of it. Yeah, Boyd has a couple at home, but it's Baltimore, Texas. That's not necessarily great. In Musgrove, Musgrove, if you want to chase wins, I mean, at Miami yes. should be okay. Cleveland you know, has been hit and miss, but he's getting runs at home. with a nice bullpen. Yep, yep, okay. We'll, 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 cover, we'll, we'll cap that then. We'll move on to some other arms that are non-two starts. I want you to pick two that you're keeping for like kind of a more of a long-term thing. This is this is we're looking at more long-term because you don't usually pick up guys for one start and then get rid of them. You're usually picking them up to go to go a little while. So I got Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, Alex Wood, AJ Griffin, Jose Barrios, who had a uh, sparkling debut today against those aforementioned Cleveland Indians. Nate Carnes, we already know you're going to pick him, but he's putting up the numbers, so why not? Yes, I am. JC Ramirez, Mike Clevenger, Eddie Butler, who pitched yesterday, and Joe Biagini. Hit me with, uh, hit me with your, your two, your two, your second and third guy, and then, and then you can talk about Carnes as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, there's a lot of good choices here. Um, I, I agree. I, you know, I, um, I, I like what I've seen for Biagini as a, as a starter. I like what I saw him uh, out of the bullpen. I was worried he wasn't going to be able to go too deep, and he's been able to at least, I think, qualify it's for the a- win in two outings. It's been impressive out of out of out of the rotation, um, or as a starter, I should say. Uh, he didn't qualify for the win in the first one. He went four innings though, two hits, one unearned run, four strikeouts, no walks. And then last time out, he did get the win just yesterday, being when uh, being Friday, the twelfth, five innings, four hits, no runs, three strikeouts, zero walks. So Biagini's looked pretty good. By the way, there's varying degrees of of availability here. You deep leaguers, you. You're, you know you're not getting Rodriguez, Wood, Griffin, and probably even Barrios. The rest of the guys should be available to everybody just in terms of the uh, the, the roster rates at the three big sites. All right, so you like Biagini. 
I, I, I hear you on that one. Uh, my first pick would be Barrios. I love, I love Barrios. That's not really any secret. I definitely think, uh, that he's going to have a better second time around here. The one thing that really encouraged me about his disaster last year was that he was still dominating AAA, and and it was really a major league issue. If he'd had you know like a complete washout season, that would be a little bit more concerning. He's beasting again in AAA, and then so far so good after today's start against Cleveland. So I, I really do like him, I like Barrios. Um, maybe we should jump down and just say like. How, how do you feel about Rodriguez, Wood, and, and Griffin? Those those are the high level ones that are only going to be available in shallow. Do you, do you dig them in shallow leagues? D- depending on the matchup, I mean, I, I still think you still match them up. I, I, I'm still playing matchup. They're not somebody I can just leave in there and set it and forget it. I think I could play Rodriguez quite regularly though. Thirty percent strikeout rate. Uh, the walks are up a little bit, but the swinging strike rate's there. If you if you go back to his second half last year. Uh, he's, he's on a, he's on a hell of a run right now. So I, I do think Rodriguez is somebody I can play quite often in shallower leagues. He's definitely my favorite pick there. Wood's been pitching really well. The only issue is is that they're starting to get guys back yeah. uh, healthy. And the 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 thing of it is though, it's a carousel because who would be surprised if they if they then get another one gets hurt? You know, they put. And they're also talking about putting Hill to the bullpen here eventually as well. Exactly, and they could kind of piggyback these guys who knows you know when wood goes five hill comes in and goes three and then the next time the next turn for that that spot in the rotation comes up maybe hill goes five and you know they could do different things but it wouldn't be fantasy goodness i will say right now wood has five innings of shutout baseball five hits nine strikeouts no walks in course field yeah Yeah. at course so that's speaking very well i definitely rank them rodriguez wood and griffin Griffin's definitely a matchup guy, no matter what league, shallow or deep, because of his home run issue. But I do like being able to spot him against uh, weaker teams, bigger parks, and teams that just don't hit home runs, even if they're kind of middle of the pack teams offensively. If they don't hit a lot of homers, I'll slot Griffin in. So we got those those and shallow Clevenger, leaders. Clevenger, I disappointed today. I mean, he could not he find did. the strike zone. Just flat out, couldn't even make it four innings. Couldn't find the strike zone. This was after looking pretty good in his first start, but just really struggled against the Twins today. Um, you know, Butler's a guy that intrigued me before the season because, you know, there was talk. I, I think Eno even wrote it up in February where uh, the Rockies had changed his arm slot to get him to really get the ball down, took away his four-seam fastball. Uh, just really did a lot of things that changed who he was. And he then was one, awesome of the first thing, one of the first things the Cubs told him, uh, Chris Bozzi is like, no, dude, um, we want you to do this. We want you to pitch up in the zone and do those types of things. So there's a piece uh, looking at it now that, uh, you know, wrote back in February 2nd. He talked about take the pitch they took away from the changeup and all these different things in the arm slot. In so it's fairness, worth the read. They really want him to uh, They want him to do some things that he used to do back. I mean, he was a top 75 prospect at one oh, point. He was huge. There were some going Butler over Gray back, back then, John yes. Gray. Now, in fairness to Colorado, you can understand why they wouldn't necessarily want him at the top of the zone. You make mistakes. Those are like automatic homers at Colorado. So you kind of get it, but it just didn't work. It just did not work out for him with the Rockies. Like I said, had his season debut this year. Uh, I think it was yesterday. No, two days ago. No, no, yesterday, the 12th. Sorry. It was Friday the 12th. And he goes six innings, two hits, three walks, no runs, and five punch outs at the Cardinals. That's nice. I like that. Sitting 94 and a half on the fastball. 
Um, walks, again, you know, they were a little bit high there, but that's one start. I'm not really going to make any judgment off of that. He wasn't walking guys in AAA. He wasn't really striking guys out either, though. Um, so we'll see. I think the strikeouts are going to kind of be the, the determining factor. Like, is can he be a 20% guy, which is, you know, around a 7 strikeout per 9? If so, I'll take that. I'll take that all day on a team like the, uh, like the Cubs because you talk about chasing wins. He can get some dubs there. I'm with you on Clevenger. I want to be, I want to be excited because I, I like Clevenger and when, when I see him good, uh, in the minors, you know, on MLIB.tv, you're like, oh, this guy could translate to the majors and be really good. And then he gets to the majors and it's, he just starts nibbling. He gets in trouble. I, I don't know. It, it's a wait and see thing for me now. I, I was kind of jumping in, getting him in a few deeper leagues, taking a shot. But right now with Clevenger, I'm, I'm backing off a little bit. So I ran him uh, out of this week in town. Like I said, I sat Han for Clevenger and that didn't work out so well. Nah, I mean, he's got to stop walking so many guys. All right. Talk to us about Nate Carnes because you recommended him a while ago and, and He's got two great starts in a row and three, three, three in total that you can look at in a row and say, Hey, that's been pretty good. The first of those was four runs and six innings, but still five strikeouts, not bad. And then the last two, six, six innings, no runs, seven strikeouts, six and a third, two runs, 10 strikeouts. So he's been great lately. Uh, Nate Carnes has. He has been. Uh, you know, when you get to face Tampa Bay, you're going to get your strikeouts at least you should if you know what you're doing. Uh, and he did. I mean, I, that's a game that I watched because I wanted to see how he pitched. And, uh, again, that was a, a, a guy that, you know, wrote about specifically uh, in the offseason, talked about there was an article back in early January called uh, Nate Carnes and Useful Spin and talked about how his fastball uh, had, was failing him. It just didn't have the kind of life, and it was affecting his other pitches. And you watch him pitch this year. And you can see that there is fastball life, and he is, and as much progress, he had a really good changeup when he pitched here in Tampa Bay, and uh, and because he always had the really the curveball was his best pitch, and the fastball was a secondary, and the curveball was a was a showy pitch when he came to Tampa Bay, and then it was then it became his second best pitch. The curveball really wasn't a good pitch for him with the Rays, and then he uh, and uh, but now he's uh, gotten that back. The, the changeup's kind of gone to the back pocket. He still uses it. Um, but it's uh, really just fastball curveball because the curveball is really good because the fastball is good again. I mean, his last four starts, six, five, seven, and ten strikeouts. Yeah, he gave up the uh, – he had the four home run start at Texas, but since then just one home run over his last three starts along with 22 strikeouts and three walks. And he, he's, been, he's been doing really well in that regard. So uh, just continue to be impressed with him. I think he was one of the guys I was targeting before the season, one of the guys I recommended – Mm-hmm. Talking about a 12-win pitcher with 150-plus strikeouts. Uh, I think I said a, a 3.75 ERA. The ERA is not there yet, obviously, because those home runs really hurt him. And he had that uh, one super that, disaster. I think he had yeah. like a six or seven earned run outing. Well, he's had seven starts, and four of them have been four. Uh, three of them have been four, six, and four earned runs. Mm-hmm. But then the other ones are zero, two, one, and one. So that dominance disaster type of outing is is a little bit all over the place. But homework assignment watch him pitch this week see what you think uh, let's look he's faced you know the white Sox twice and the, and the rays uh we'll see who is next minnesota we're gonna talk yeah because phil hughes so he should yes. be in that minnesota series so let's see how he can do against that lineup uh again you got to really worry about uh Sano, uh these days um i believe is leading the majors in exit velocity uh last i checked he's and the ops is not too shy either He's been ridiculous. Uh, Miguel Sano has. And by the way, that was Nate Carnes that we were talking about. Uh, yeah, Miguel Sano has been filthy. 
I mean, the, you, you see the power. I mean, it's, it, it's obvious. It always has been obvious, but it looks like, he, looks like he's starting to put some things together and he could really, he could really go off this year. Um, strikeout rate is manageable at 33%. I know that sounds insane, but when you're walking 20% of the time and, and you crush the ball the way Miguel Sano does, well, you can, yeah. you can live a little bit with, with that, uh, with that big strikeout rate. So, uh, anyway. I, I hear you on Carnes. You, you, you've sold me. I've kept a close eye on him, and so I totally dig it. Um, and, and I can definitely pick him up within this group if, if some of the others aren't available for me. Let's move on to some relief talk. We don't always talk relief because there's not always movement. It's definitely going to be based on uh, when things happen. It's so weird. Maybe it's maybe it's just purely coincidental, but I feel like these things kind of happen in clusters. For example, we have three new closers right now. Oh, the clusters are right. <laughs> that was that was really funny. Um, Justin Wilson has been named the closer in Detroit. Addison Reed is the closer for the Mets, and it's going to be a while. It's looking like three to four months with this uh, surgery for Familia for the, the rest of this. Let's be honest. He's done. Season. He's done. You're right. He's done. And then Brad Brock. Brad Brock's not really that available. I'm looking at ESPN leaguers. He's on. He's still available in a third of leagues. So those of you in ESPN leagues, you can you can maybe find him. But the other ones you can really look for are Wilson and Reed. How do you feel about those two? I like Wilson and Reed. I said of that trio, Brad Brock's the one I'm concerned about. It's not like he's been pitching lights out baseball this year. I mean, yes, no. he's had the job, but you know his last outing, uh, Nationals killed him. You know, uh, one faced six batters, got one out, gave up uh, three runs, all earned, home run and walk. Uh, outing before took had to face five batters in, within his inning. Two before that, he didn't have a he had a very imperfect inning. So he has not been lights out. Uh, I'm I'm looking at a number of and there's another one back at the end of April where he's had to, where he had to face seven batters in one inning Jason, to get the outs. He had a zero ERA through his first eleven outings. Brad Brock did, and now he's given up eight runs in his last seven innings. So like, it's almost like he can't handle the job. I mean, there's something going on. It's not good. And if it's not an injury, then it is something that you got to start looking at and saying, what's up with you in the ninth, man? And for those of you that want to say, oh, anybody can do it, we see guys who are amazing, amazing pitchers sometimes fall on their face. And he's been amazing now for a couple years and and got off to a brilliant start, gets in the role, and it hasn't been working for Brock. So yeah, this is opportunity, and I mean, I've watched a number of these outings. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm a, a bit vested in them. Yes, because um, I have them in multiple leagues, and it it, it has not been easy. It, it's it's almost been chaotic. I thought he was going to be such a stud automatically if he if he got the role right when Zach Britton had the the bulky forearm issue in spring. Actually, I don't know if that came up in spring. I thought I think it was something else in spring, and then it evolved into the uh, into the forearm strain that we've now dealt with twice. I was like, if Brock gets the job, yeah, it's a step down from Britain, but not that far of a step. We're talking like a top 10 closer here, and it just hasn't been for Brad Brock. So there is some reason to be concerned with him. Of course, if you have him, I think you got to stick with him. Uh, also not stranding runners. I mean, we, we talk about the three guys we have here, and then, I mean, we might as well just mention the other four. Yeah, yeah. let me bring um, those guys in. These guys are in timeshares or they're potential closers with some wobbly situations. Derek Law hasn't been fully named, so I guess I should have included uh, Hunter Strickland in there. 
uh, Ryan Madsen because Santiago Casilla has been really rough. And then Archie Bradley with Fernando Rodney there. And then uh, Corey Kniebel with uh, Neftali Feliz. So we, we got a group of closers here that either have jobs or are very much on the cusp of getting a job. So if we look at of the of the magnificent seven, if you will, you know, Brock's the one that's struggling to strand guys on base. Every one of those other guys have an, uh, a left on base percentage over eighty percent, and there's Brock at seventy three. You look at you know, Law has had his issues with batting average and balls and plays at three seventy three. So when he doesn't hit his spots, he's getting hit hard. Um, I think the one thing that's saving Brock right now is when he has to come into the zone, he still has a, a better-than-average contact rate. Mm-hmm. He's not where uh, Knavel and Wilson are. I mean, they're in the mid to low 70s, and Brock's in the upper 70s, but everybody else in that range is 80%. Brock does have the lowest strikeout rate, but that's never been his big thing. It's always been that really crappy contact where he he's still got a healthy swinging strike rate, too. So yeah, Brock, Brock is, is in the play. there's, there's the some walks, skills skill. there. That's why I'm not sure that he's hurt, and I am starting to think more of like, well, is the ninth getting to you a little bit? I mean, I, I don't know because there's no yeah, velocity it's, it's drop. For me. Yeah, it just, nothing else there. It's just the, the role has changed, and suddenly, for whatever reason, his performance has. Uh, so that has me concerned of of the first of that first trio. I'd rather if I if you know if we're looking at the ESPN league, 66 percent owned. And he, he has the highest ownership of Wilson, Reed, and Brock, and I would I, – I'm not believing that. R- rank those three because I, I do think they are a, a cut above, and then we'll factor in the, the next four. So, yeah, obviously you got Brock last, so Wilson and Reed. Um, Wilson, rest away. Similar teams, you know, that are going to be competitive, but probably not great, either of them, unless the Mets all of a sudden turn around and get healthy. I think it's Wilson and Reed for me. Wilson's been amazing, and it is weird uh, being a Tigers fan to see a, a reliever absolutely, absolutely be awesome. Like they've had some decent relief seasons here and there where guys kind of have good results, but they never have the the overwhelming skills. It is amazing to see a forty three percent strikeout rate in a Tigers bullpen. It, it feels great. I'm really enjoying Justin Wilson this year. He's been tremendous. The key now, and this is as a Tigers fan, but also fantasy wise, is getting him there, right? Get the the bridge to getting him there. The one thing I will say though is, if you're watching the Tigers game or you're following the scores that night, and you see like a seven to two game for the Tigers in the fourth inning, you're like, "Well, I'm not getting a Wilson save." Hold the phone because he, you have a damn good chance of, of still getting that into a save situation, especially if they let Anibal Sanchez pitch again. That dude is done as. A, a, I think he might have to retire, and I'm not trying to be—I'm not even trying to be flip or, or funny or anything. I'm just saying that dude can't get guys out anymore. And even when he does, there's a homer mixed in. He's got a—if you haven't seen it yet, obviously say if you've seen it. But guess his home run per nine this year for for Anibal Sanchez in 18 and two thirds innings. Six point nine. That's hilarious that you said six point nine. You're a child. It's not—it's <laughs> not quite that high. For 18 innings, like, 18 innings is not a big sample. I'm not trying to convince anybody of that. That's pretty hot. Like, you see something in the twos, and you're like, okay, this dude needs to chill out. It is a small sample, but whatever. That's eight bombs, dude. Eight. Annabelle, I think you're done, dog. I'm sorry. I I think it's done. I think it's done. Um, It's just crazy. Well, excuse me. It's nine. 
Baseball Reference is not updated yet from yesterday for some reason. At least not Animal Sanchez's page. Maybe they just gave up on that. Maybe this is something I'm discovering. Baseball Reference gives up on crappy players to save time and bandwidth. They're like, and we can't, we're not going to update that guy's stats anymore. Who's going to go to his page? Skip. Can't blame you, Sean. Yeah, go Sean's ahead. like, uh, we got a skip list. Let's get, let's get Anibal Sanchez on the skip list. You could work your way off the skip list, but for now, they just, they don't have time to update his stats. Now, I'm sure there's something that, uh, that's why it's not updated, but nine homers. Uh, I gave up one to Trout yesterday. That's no shame in giving up one to Trout, but it's just like, oh my God, it's so bad. Anyway, the, 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 the tangent there is that they still got to get him in the save opportunities, but it's a really good offense. So even when the team blow, uh, when the bullpen blows leads, they'll continue to score. Uh, JD Martinez is back. So anyway, enough fanboying over the Tigers. I agree that it's Wilson and Reed. I love what Reed's been doing though. So they're pretty close. And if you prefer the other, I certainly wouldn't balk at that, but I do have Wilson and Reed a cut above Brock right now. Now rank the four potentials. Derek Law, Ryan Madsen, Archie Bradley, and Corey Knievel. Uh, Corey Knievel's the guy I want number one. Uh, of that group. Sorry. Uh, Ryan Madsen would be next. Selfish reasons. Um, own two shares of him. Uh, but it, it, with too little on the shoulder strain, Casilla not, not really nailing down that uh, position. Yeah. Uh, it, it seems like the clearest path forward. I, I'm concerned, you know, Archie Bradley, if he gets the job, because right now we're looking at a guy who's stranded all but one base runner, uh, and that has to come down. That's really tough to me. Uh, 98 and 99% left on base percentage. And he's, uh, you know, the home run rate, we know what can happen with Arizona and where he's been in his career. Well, they could still so put him in the rotation. Stuff right now. Like that's, there, that. there's still some talk of putting Archie Bradley in the rotation. So if I desperately need saves, I don't know that I can prioritize him. I think I would go Kniebel, Madsen, Law, Bradley, even though if you're going strictly off skills, I might then go Knievel, Bradley, Madsen, Law. And I know Law is last in both. It's not that I hate Law or anything, but Strickland is looming. Like, he's not bad either. I know Strickland's no, no, uh, perfect close, uh, reliever himself. He's had some issues. But if, if Law stumbles, they can give Strickland a try pretty easily. So that's why he's fourth for me. But hey, for those of you that are specking on saves, you've got some pieces to go after this week. Uh, for sure. Wilson and Reed, what, what sort of percentage are, are you putting out there, um, in leagues with Fab where, where they're still available? And you Wilson need, you need saves. You have, you have at most, in this scenario, in this hypothetical, you have at most one closer. But, but even, in, you know, so the most you have is one closer, but you need a second, so you're really going hard after it. Who, what kind of percentage? Like thirty percent. I mean, yeah. if you don't, if you keep kicking the can down the road, I'll wait for the next guy. I'll wait for the next guy. No, who's gonna be better than these two? <laughs> Just go get this guy. The longer you wait to address saves, the harder it gets to close that gap. I agree. So uh, I'm with you. Thirty, and then and then you, again, you got to do your adjustments, y'all, based on your own league. Do you, do, do, your, do your league mates go hard for closers? Are they are they are they tepid on them? You know. Maybe add or, or subtract based on that, but I'm starting at 30%. I'm with you. All right, that's going to wrap up the uh, the pitchers. Let's move over to hitters. I've got a couple different groups. I got some outfielders and some infielders here. I just want to talk about some names that are that are surging right now: Aaron Altair, Ben Gamble, Brett Gardner, Keon Broxton, and Scott Shebler. Who do you like out of that group? You know, Broxton's really surging. Uh, you know, I, after the first couple of games, after getting you know, plunked in the face. That obviously sucked. 
but the last couple of weeks I saw Mike Petriello tweeted something out the other day uh, showing where where Broxton was going on things. And, yeah, it, it's it's really starting to turn around for him. So if you dumped him, I think when we talked about him, we said, you know, folks, you really can't just dump this guy because you're pissed off at him. You drafted him for a reason. you got to keep the skill set. Um, and things have been working out for him. We're talking he's been held hitless in just one game. Uh, he had a, a 0 for 3 since then. So we're looking at the, we're looking at a, a month of May uh, where he's where he's doing well uh, compared to where he was, and I know it's so. The other day, uh, Mike Petriello had tweeted out something uh, saying, "I hope you folks didn't cut on on cut Broxton after he got hit in the face and and really continued a bad April because May's been he's been surging in May, and sure enough, uh, coming into today, slashing four twelve, four fifty nine, seven sixty five, four stolen base attempts, two successful, seven extra base hits, two of those are home runs, scoring eight runs, driving in six. So he's doing, doing the the kind of Keon Brox that you drafted him for. So it, this is why we preach patience in April, and not freaking out when a guy gets off to a completely slow start, because Broxton is definitely showing signs of, of getting things back in order. And I think the the whole outfield. I mean, Alan, uh, Aaron Altair continues to hit the baseball, uh, and hmm. it seems like every time he hits a home run, it's like a six run home run uh, <laughs> of late. Every time I turn it on, here's a three run homer. There's the three run homer, and, and he's uh, really raking it. Uh, ben Gamble's been playing nice, and that playing time should hold up for a, for at least a few more weeks. Uh, I, I don't think Hanager's going to make it back before June first. Uh, so Gamble's been doing decently out there, and, and so has what about your boyfriend? Uh, Cameron Heredia too. What about your boyfriend, man, for, or ex-boyfriend, for, former Colette boyfriend uh, Brett Gardner? Who feels like he's been stuck on five stolen bases forever. That's true because he started hitting homers. Because it was zero homers, five stolen bases, and now it's six homers. And during that run, zero stolen bases. So, but he's at six and five for the season with a 259, 357, 464. So he's not even out of bounds with his line to where you're like, Oh, this triple slash has to come down for Brett Gardner. And yet we're looking at 11 combined homers and stolen bases. That's got to be somewhat appealing, right? Yeah, it has to be. Uh, and then we, then we get, he pulls me back in and then he drops off again. Cause well, we, cause he's of health, definitely usually. one of those guys. He's always one of those guys who wears down in the second half. Yep. Uh, always happens to him. So if you want to ride the wave uh, before the summertime, feel free to ride the wave. I think is that Cozart is obviously appealing because he's he getting plays. on base a ton. Yeah, he's getting on base a ton. He's got 21 runs this season already because he's on base at a 4.32 clip, which is so un Zach Cozart like. 15 percent walk rate. He's doubled his walk rate and uh, cut you know cut into a swinging strike rate. Looks like there's a bit of an approach change. For Cozart, that's kind of backing what he's been able to do. I mean, it's a 407 Babbitt and, and, and the doubling of a walk rate. Those those two things at age 31 have me saying, okay, tap the brakes. But it's hard to ignore what he's doing. And what I meant by where he plays, I meant being a shortstop, not necessarily that he plays in Cincy because he plays in Cincy. But being a shortstop, if you need a, a middle infielder, that could be a solid pickup. I agree, though, on the outfield being uh, – and you didn't even mention Scotty Shebler, who's also obviously a red. He's been really good. He's got the power, yep. but he's also got some speed. He's got some decent speed. He's got three stolen bases. I don't know. I think we could see like a like a 25-12 sort of thing, maybe even like a 30-12-245 average. Like he's hitting 252 right now. He's kind of like their Adam Duvall of this year from the left side. 
uh, with a little speed. So there's a lot of qualifications there to be that, but, uh, he, he's, he's Adam Duvall-ish in terms of the power and the batting average that you're going to get, but throw in 12 steals. And frankly, I don't care if you hit 240 at that point. I'll, I'll take the, the power and speed. I, I agree. And then with the, you know, we saw infield youth wise, Ian Happ came up yes. uh, today, homered today. He did? Um, oh, I hadn't even seen that. He homered today. That's awesome. Uh, and then, uh, uh, I put, I'm hoping Yohan Moncada stays down for yeah, a little bit longer. I put him on I'm the holding list. A pair of tickets. I'm holding a pair of tickets to Monday night's game against Durham. <laughs> um, I'm already pissed that I'm going to miss Brent Honeywell start by a game, but it's the only it's the only game of the series I can go to because uh, it's on Monday night. I'm going with my youngest brother um, because I got to fly to Denver for the rest of the week uh, on Tuesday morning. But uh, Honeywell's pitching Tuesday's game, and because his last time out he struck out ten, walked nobody, and now with Snell with Snell down. Um, they called up Ryan Stanek to go to the pen. So one would assume that Erasmo is going back into the rotation, mm-hmm. but I wonder how much longer they keep Honeywell down. Oh, so you think there's a chance? He, okay, I was concerned about Honeywell being called up because of, of of the way they they work with their prospects, and I actually had Jacob Faria. I had, or is it Faria? Um, I, I had him. Faria, you had it right. Uh, you know, ahead of him right now, be, just because he's been in AAA longer. But now I'm seeing he could too. He, he Freya struck out 13 his outing the other he's day. Been great. And he couldn't even make it out of five because it's just one of those crazy, one of those weird outings. Um, I, for honestly, I think it's just going to be Erasmo in there. Okay, uh, and and then maybe go like Johnny Bullpen on some of those outings if he can't get it done. But he look he's looked good in his spot starts. But I, I tweeted this out with, with Blake Snell's today. He's made 27 starts with the Rays. They're nine and 18 in the games in which he oh pitches. Oh my goodness. Uh, he has made it. He has not been able to get a 16th out in 16 of those 27 games, but nine and 18 when he's on the mound uh, because he can't get deep into the game nope. and the bullpen's got to get 12 outs when he pitches most. And, of the time. and that's that's a lot to ask of a bullpen. I want to give Aaron Perez another uh, little hat tip here. This was a guy I was not buying in on at all. He got off to a bad start. I'm not going to lie to y'all. I started pounding my chest. I think I to- told y'all this last time uh, we talked about him. Like, oh, I told y'all. And, uh, you know, it's confirmation bias sometimes when, when, even though we'll, we'll tell you guys all day long, hey, be smart. It's just April. Sometimes in the back of your own head, you're like, oh, knew it. And then, uh, guess what? I didn't know it because he's been beasting pretty much now for, for several weeks. So he's still an interesting guy because he plays a lot of different spots. He's a good utility infield, uh, utility player because he can go infield outfield so Hernan Perez gets a little hat tip there as well um, of the outfielders Altair Gamble Gardner Broxton Shebler give me your top top priority on the waiver before I do that I'm just seeing a note that Felipe Rivero hit 101.6 tonight during an at bat where did you see that note by the way Adam Barry on Twitter Adam Barry used to be a Rays used to be an MLB writer for the Rays you know there's the Pirates but Hit 101.6. That is incredible. And, uh, okay, I gotta, I gotta pass that note along for a... I a, just retweeted it because I'm just like, zoinks. That is awesome. That, is, that, okay, that's great. I see, I see your retweet now. Um, okay. So rank your, give me your favorite outfielder. You don't have to rank him. Just give me your favorite outfielder. Altier and Broxton. Okay. One, two. And then your favorite infield. Now, Makata's down, but if you want to spec, obviously that's long term. So Makata, Hap, Cozart, Perez. Who's your favorite of that group? Cozart. Okay. Um, for me, it's going to be... Man, I love Altair. So I think I'm with you there. Altair. 
Yeah, I've come around. I was not. I was uh, more pessimistic than you were, but I've come around uh, on him. I've watched. I haven't sat and watched full games, but I've watched a few at bats. Like, oh, I'm flipping through. Like, oh, hey, Altair's on. Let me sit down and watch this. Oh, this is nice. Um, and you know, he's definitely getting some elevation to the baseball. I'm digging. Um, I'm digging Shebler with the, with the speed. And it's not a huge speed component. It's just that if I can approach double digit stolen bases with my uh, major power output, that that intrigues me. So I'm I'm gonna prioritize him in there as well. Broxton, uh, Altair Broxton, but then I want to give Shevler some love. Gardner, like you said, he's gonna wear down. So you can ride it, but don't think it's gonna last the rest of the year. It's just not. He just ha- doesn't have a health track record that goes with it. And then for the infield, I really like the way Ian Happ hits. I don't know how long he's going to be up, though, so I don't think I can really pick him. Um, I'm going to go with Cozart. I mean, you can't keep up. You can't keep up the ride the bench. They have him up because they need him to cover some. Exactly. Cover some so I, I think it's I think it's short term. Um, if I'm gambling, though, go ahead and take your gamble on Moncada now because that's this is when you're going to get it cheap. If he's still available in your league, go ahead and gamble now because uh, and, and just be patient for for at least a few weeks. Because the dude has six homers, ten stolen bases, three fifty two, four twenty seven, five forty four, triple slash line at the at the minor leagues right now. He does have a twenty six percent strikeout rate, so you could probably expect that to bounce up a little bit in the majors. I I don't have huge expectations for him this year, but the the potential of the game changing ability in the infield means that if you if you are out there specking. You, you got to jump in it now, and I know that's more of yeah. a shallow league thing because in deeper leagues he, he is already on a roster. So I know it's harder to do in shallow leagues, but if you want that big payoff, you got to jump in now. I mean, he keep in mind Tim Anderson was promoted on June fifteenth last year, but Tim Anderson wasn't dominating AAA like like this exactly like like Moncada has, and and they ended up working out they ended up working out the long term extension with Tim Anderson this past spring. What's the harm and bring a Moncada up before June fifteenth? Just don't bring him up until May sixteenth, please. Uh, and, and then and, and then working out the deal with him there. I, I, I don't I don't think we're gonna have to wait till the middle of June to have him come up. I, I don't either. I don't either. All right, Jason. I think that's gonna wrap us up for the uh, for the waiver episode this week. You mentioned you're traveling to Denver. Is that going to impede our scheduling next week? Uh, it will not because I will be home by Friday. Fantastic! And I am home. I am home for uh, until the Tuesday after Memorial Day. I don't think unless something else pops up. I don't think I have to go anywhere the week leading into Memorial Day, which is a which is a will be nice. It'll be my first one. <laughs> knocking on wood. Uh, first week of 2017 where I have not had to go wow. somewhere because last week I, I had to drive to Atlanta. And by the way, any of you all who live in Atlanta and listen to this, I have no idea how in the hell you do. <laughs> I on I I can't I, I just I could not wait to get out the traffic there it was just awful any time uh, any time I had to get out on the road um, I, we did end up using restaurants that were right near the hotel if you do live in the area and you have never been to uh, the Pig and the Pint in the College Park area I highly recommend it uh, just really really good food barbecue. Uh, really nice beer and alcohol selection. So uh, if you're in there, or if you get stuck at the Atlanta airport, if you have like a five-hour delay, it's worth leaving the airport, taking the lift ride over to this place because it's like two miles from the airport. Go have dinner, then go back through security. I would do this. If I'm ever in Atlanta, I get stuck for four or five hours, I'm going to do it. 
Sounds good. Uh, by the way, we are cooking up a guest episode with both of us. Yes, we are. Not going to say anything else about it. Just letting you know that, uh, that we got the, uh, we got the, um, uh, email correspondence going in terms of setting it up. It will be coming soon and it's going to be dope. So, all right. I'm going to let you go. Looking forward to it. Looking forward. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. I don't think I've got anything else that I wanted to bring up. We talked about Snell's demotion and what the pieces of it were there. I'm thinking that there was one other thing I wanted to talk about, but I, I've forgotten what it was. So maybe I'll just tweet it out. Okay. Well, there you go. Stay tuned on Jason Collette. That's Jason C O L L E T T E. Don't forget that E at the end. You'll start talking to some Canadian who probably only knows about hockey. Oh, I came up on uh, on uh, uh, Sirius XM today. When when I come up on the radios or you know where the the car radios where the pictures come through on Sirius radio, the the musician comes up when it oh my, my name, you know, uh, Fangraphs Rotowire, and it popped up with the musician. That's hilarious. So, and, and what's even worse is you know now that uh, the 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 musician is Jason underscore Colette without the e at the end. Uh, his account's verified like mine is. So now it's like really throwing people off. Oh yeah, congratulations on your check, by the way. Welcome to the club. Yeah, bribes work. Yes, Uh, snooty Twitter check, uh, Twitter check club. It's fun. Sorry, Eno. Eno, you gotta get in this club. Eno's not verified? He is not. I just noticed this now as I look at him. Oh my uh, goodness. As he was replying to somebody. He is the one of the three of us that is not. It's embarrassing that we were verified ahead of him because he's obviously way cooler. Super embarrassing. Way cooler. Super embarrassing. All right. Well, I'm going to go. I got to eat some dinner and uh, I'll get this posted. So I will talk to you later, Jason. All right, man. See you.